The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Happy Thursday, everybody. We talk about branding a lot on my show. And for those of you who have been listening to my show for the last five to six years, know something about branding. Um, those of us who have had the privilege to wear Chief Marketing Officer Stripes certainly had branding, um, number one, emphasized in our job descriptions. Today, we have a branding expert. He's my friend, Jonathan Fitzgerald, and he's the Director of Marketing with Greenberg Gluska Law. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Cindy. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. Um, I am so excited for you to share your insights, and I know that we have a lot of ground to cover, and I think with the introduction and talking about branding, it's probably best to ask you to define branding or a brand in your terms. Absolutely. When you think of someone's brand, either an individual's brand or a company's brand, I want you to think of nothing more than someone's reputation. If we were to take 10 of your friends, Cindy, and individually ask them, the one word or phrase that comes to their mind when they think of you, and then we gather all of those 10 cards up and, and hand them to you and have you look at them, how other people feel about you is your brand. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's very true. So let's, let's take a simple example, sure. okay? Um, you know, let's, let's look at an individual um, because in the show we're going to cover both individual branding and corporate branding. And let's talk about a possible way that a person can describe um, an individual. Okay, so um, generally speaking, brands are based on feelings. So as we, as we solicit feedback from people who you know, either in your personal life, in your professional life, Perhaps it's a social group that you're a part of, and we ask them, you know, tell us how you feel about Cindy Rakowitz. What they come back with is going to be information about perhaps how you helped them with something, how professional you are as you deal with clients and, and other people in the business community. And interestingly enough, the thing about a brand is within a quarter of a second, someone will form some kind of an opinion about you. And most people's opinions are based on what they see because 80% of people are visual. So luckily for us in terms of branding, branding is based largely upon what people see, how they feel, and those are two elements that we have a lot of control over. We know that 
a first impression, someone's first impression of you, Cindy, is more important than the next five impressions combined. So it's really important that right out of the gate, as you're introducing yourself to people, as you're networking, as you're socializing, either with family, friends, colleagues, it doesn't really matter. It's really important to make sure that, first of all, you realize you have a brand, and second of all, you do something to promote it or to manage it. You know, what I have to say is, though, I, you know, I understand the first impressions element. Okay. But if a person works somewhere for a long time, it probably works to their advantage because a person can have, you know, a mediocre first impression about somebody, but if they've worked together for a 10-year period, let's say, Sure. A lot of people, you might hear a lot of people say, well, that person was really kind of tough when I first met them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after I came to know them, they were absolutely fantastic. Have you ever heard that? Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't know about public relations. I suspect this is probably the case. But in terms of legal marketing, I'm only as good as the last project I completed successfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, so, I think that pretty much is all across the board. So we have so whether I've been in my law firm for 20 years or or 20 days, it seems like my worth is summed up in in the matter of the the last project that I completed successfully. But I think you're right. Your point is right. Um, unfortunately, as we're networking, we don't have 10 years to spend with someone who could become a very key contact for us which is why I think first impressions, particularly when it comes to personal branding, is key. If someone meets you, Cindy, and they don't like you right out of the gate, the likelihood that they may give you the second, third, fourth, or fifth chance, we don't, we don't know what that is. It, it could be very unlikely because that first impression to them is so strong, they may seek other PR professionals. Right, right. I think that's uh, no. I think that's absolutely true. I think you have um, an opportunity, certainly, to win people over after a first impression. But I think that your point is a valid one. That you really stand to lose a lot because there are some people that just might not come back because they're meeting a lot of people, and um, you know they might not have time or the patience for you know giving it a second chance. And particularly in a struggling economy where every single deal counts to most professionals, we can't afford to lose even one opportunity. So if we, can distinguish, if we can distinguish ourselves as professionals by being one step or two step or three steps better than our competition, we're going to wow those people that we're trying to lure for business and really make a fantastic impression to where they will want to work with us as opposed to one of our competitors even if the playing fields in terms of expertise are equal. Right, and you know, you mentioned before, Jonathan, that you're, you know, very many times we're just as good as our last gig, but I have to (laughs) add to that and say you are such a great brand representative, Jonathan, that, you know, I think that that's an important ongoing um, positive thumbs up for you in addition to your last project because... If a person meets you the first time and after meeting you, knowing you, I can guarantee you that there's, there's nobody that's not going to like you. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and where, that comes, where that comes into play and is really important, Cindy, is let's say, for example, that despite your best efforts, 
you don't hit it off with someone right off the bat, or there's some kind of a glitch. If your brand is strong enough, people will forgive for, they'll forgive you for whatever it is, and, and will continue to hold you in high regard because your brand is that strong. I mean, we can take a look at any number of celebrities and any number of politicians, people that we see on TV all the time, people that we hear on the radio all the time. These are people that we've probably spent 5, 10, 15, 20 years getting to know over the TV, and people aren't perfect. They mess up. The nice thing about having that personal brand that's really strong is, I think as humans, our nature or our tendency is to want to forgive because we see people as human. We know we do it ourselves. We realize other people are going to do it. We understand how intimidating the spotlight can be. And so we're more apt to forgive people and let their brand remain strong than the opposite, which is, oh, this is a great person who I've held in high regard for a long time. All of a sudden they made a mistake and I want nothing to do with them anymore. Good example of that, President Clinton. Um, you know, there, he, he made a lot of mistakes <laughs> during his presidency. I think we know them. But now that he's really one of the few living presidents, I think all in all people feel pretty okay about him in spite of some of the things that he royally messed up. See, and you made a very important comment when it comes to branding. It's how people feel about someone, not necessarily what they think. We can think someone's smart. We can think they're a good networker. We can think they went to a good college. We can think a bunch of things. But it's the feelings that we have towards someone or something, some product, that really motivates us to want more of that person or more of that product. And you said that people really feel strongly about President Clinton, and I think you're absolutely right. His best feature, in my opinion, was that he was so charismatic. He was so persuasive with people that whether they agreed with his political views, whether they agreed with his extracurricular activities, they still felt very connected to him, and as a result, he was a very powerful leader. Before we finish up this segment, Jonathan, and then we'll revisit some of this a little bit in the next three segments, what characteristics make for a strong brand? I know you mentioned charisma. Anything else? Yeah, there are really five of them. The first is someone has to be authentic. If they're not authentic, we consider someone a phony and it leaves a bad taste in our mouth. So you brought up President Clinton. As I think of someone in in the limelight that is really an authentic person, Monday through Friday, on the weekends and everything, I think of Laura Bush. Whether you like her political stance or not, she seems to be a very authentic person. What you see is what you get. The second one is people need to be consistent. If they're not consistent, it sends up a red flag with a specific audience, and people are like, "I I don't quite know what to think of this person. They seem different in this environment than in that environment, and that bothers me for some reason internally. Uh, Think of Katie Couric. When she was with her morning program, she was loved by America. She was considered the girl next door. She could laugh at herself. She was lighthearted. All of a sudden, she decides to change formats to the evening news, and everyone wonders why why her polls and her ratings aren't any stronger. It's because her brand wasn't consistent. Whoever she has advising her didn't realize that the brand that worked for the morning that everyone fell in love with is a very different profile 
from what people are looking for from the evening news. So consistency is absolutely key. Likeability is key. Harvard Business School uh, ran a study, and they found that a person's likability is more important than skills when it comes to being hired or promoted. Well, and I think and, that's very true, and Katie Couric is a very good example. We're going to take a commercial break, Jonathan, and we're going to talk about multiple brands and whether you can have them in the next segment. So please stand by. This is Jonathan Fitzgerald, Greenberg Glusker Law. Come back right after this break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're talking about branding. And we're with Jonathan Fitzgerald, and he is the Director of Marketing for Greenberg Glusker Law. And Jonathan, we ended the last segment in talking about the fact that out of all of the many brands that a person could work toward, that likability is probably the best and will win you the most friends in the long term, yes? 
branding isn't about popularity. I, I think likability can get you a long way in terms of social interaction with people. But I think more importantly, you've got to take a look at the skills that you have, the, the characteristics that make up you. And you have to say, of all of the characteristics, whether it's the fact that I'm dynamic, I'm resourceful, I'm really smart, I'm really informed, whatever you consider all these characteristics to be, you've got to choose one that has the most value to your target audience. And once you identify that, then you've got to hone in and make sure that everything you do revolves around that key characteristic because that's how you want to be known by those people around you. And, and you know what? There's a discipline to that. It's interesting. Um, you and I belong to the same group, um, business networking group provisors. And I, I find personally in the provisors community, there's a lot of pressure to market yourself in a niche. Do you agree with that? Do you find that? Because there's so many different um, lawyers and forensic accountants and marketing people and financial people. So it seems to be encouraged in, quote, end quote, the elevator speech to find, you know, a niche for yourself so people can remember you that way. Um, I think you and I are a little bit different than the, the general niche marketer. You have experience in, in the law area, but not just one area of law, several areas of law. And, you know, I have, of course, you know, experience in many different facets of PR and marketing. So in spite of the pressure to find a niche, I always put out there, that I'm a generalist, mm-hmm. and I find that it still works well in spite of some peer pressure. What are your feelings about that? I think the more focused you can be in terms of your expertise or how you promote your expertise, the easier it is to build a strong brand. If, if we try to promote ourselves as everything, the audience that we have to promote ourselves to is such a vast audience most people don't have the resources to get in front of that big of a group. But it's if interesting. I'm, what I find interesting, and I'm, I'm having a little bit of, you know, um, a debate, a friendly debate from my own experience, is I guess because I was the chief marketing officer of Playboy Enterprises and because people trust me as an overall you know, real chief marketing officer that sure. had real chief marketing officer experience and has proved several times to see projects through um, that require different disciplines of marketing. And, um, you know, traditional press relations and social media is a really good example of that, that I'm getting business that way, so why does it work for me and not for others? Having, choosing a niche does not mean that you're ignoring all the other competencies that you have. So as a chief marketing officer, yes, you have to be able to wear multiple hats. You have to understand marketing, business development, advertising, social media. All these fall under the umbrella of chief marketing officer. But what I coach and advise professionals to do is pick one of those that you like the most, that you would like to become known for the most out of all of them, and, and, and Cindy, perhaps in your instance, it's public relations, or you choose 
social media. It's not to say that you're not an expert in those other areas. You're just not going to promote those other areas as strongly as you would social media because you have a passion for social media. You would love more of your work to be within social media. And so I don't want you to see choosing a brand or choosing a niche as something that's exclusive of everything else. It's just some, one thing that you've chosen that you're going to put all of your resources behind in terms of promoting. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's a good transition for um, the multiple brand question, which I haven't asked you yet. And that is really, again, and you kind of answered this when I brought up the chief marketing officer positioning, can you have multiple brands? Unless you want to be known as having multiple personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to promote multiple brands. Let's take General Motors as an example. Recently, General Motors got rid of the Pontiac brand, the Saturn brand, the Saab brand, the Hummer brand. Like more than half of the various brands that fell under the GM umbrella, the company decided to dispose of because they had become such a huge behemoth that many of their car brands were competing with other brands under the umbrella. And at the end of the day, they were competing against themselves and even with the size of General Motors and, and the, the sheer resources that that corporation has, they still didn't have enough money to adequately promote every single brand. And so they came to the conclusion that, listen, we've, for whatever reason, we've got to shed some of the car brands that aren't our strongest, that aren't bringing in the most revenue, so that we can really put all of our resources behind Chevrolet, uh, Buick, Cadillac GMC truck and make those marquee really, really strong brands as opposed to having 10 that are just eh. And, and I, I think, think that's a can... very good example. I think that you make a very good point. Yeah. I think in summary, it's, you know, there are certain people and certain companies that certainly have um, multiple talents and have the ability to deliver in many different areas. But the key to getting people's attention or the key to promoting a business and differentiating a business is to find the strongest, you know, the the strongest branding um, characteristic, characteristic, thank you, that can really reinforce who you are and bring people in and be remembered that way. That's it. You got it. So I'm going to start asking you some of the questions that we had devised for segment two now. Um, And one of those questions was, how do you go about choosing a brand? I mean, we talked about the importance of choosing a brand, but how do you go about it? You go about it by sitting down and, and making a huge laundry list of every single characteristic you think you have, whether from the spectrum of being an excellent wife and mother and neighbor to being one of the best public relation professionals there is in the business. And, and literally come up with 40 or 50 or 60 characteristics that you possess. And, and for some of us, it's, it, it can be kind of a challenging exercise because we don't like to focus on ourselves. We've been conditioned growing up that it's not all about you, it's about the client or it's about the customer. And so turning the table and, and looking inside ourselves can be kind of a daunting task, but I I uh, coach professionals to make a huge list and then little by little start grouping those characteristics 
by category. And little by little, you kind of funnel 50 characteristics into 10 and then into 5. And eventually you get down to one or two characteristics that really speak strongly to your target audience. So as, as the director of marketing in a law firm, I, t- I take a look at all the characteristics I have from public speaking to coaching to playing politics to, to everything that I have to do on a regular basis. And I say to myself, what is the most, char- what is the most important characteristic that I possess in the eyes of my target audience? Mm-hmm. For the attorneys that I represent, that I coach, what is most important to them? Is it the fact that I'm really resourceful so that when they come to me, I've always got some answer or I've always got someone that can solve their issue? Is it the fact that I'm the best connected in terms of the media? So when one of my attorneys comes to me and says, listen, the LA Times just wrote a story about such and such a topic. I'm an expert in that space. I want to be included in any follow-up articles that may be published. I'm the person he or she comes to that has the relationship with the newspaper journalist that can make that happen. So what you have to do is say to yourself, what's the characteristic I possess? What's most important to my target market? And that's the brand, that's the one word or phrase that you have now identified and that you want, that you want and should promote. And what is yours? If it's one thing with everything you have to do, because you do have to do a lot. I mean, you're, in a way, you're a sales representative for the company, and right. you are, you do oversee press relations, and, you know, you are sort of the, you know, the overall marketing advisor. So what do you choose for yourself then? For myself, my brand is dynamic. When people think of me, I want them to picture in their mind the last, social interaction that we had together, and the value that I added to whatever it is that we were doing. Whether it's in a business setting, maybe we're out to dinner and it's really more social than it is business, I still want people to walk away from that experience saying, wow, that Jonathan Fitzgerald is really on top of his game. He's really uh, the type of person that understands his business. He understands what he needs to accomplish. That guy's going somewhere. Hopefully, that's the brand that I'm managing and the brand that I'm promoting. And the only way we know is to ask people who know me, is he, is he making the mark or missing it? And, you know, and I think it's good. It doesn't, what you're bringing to everybody's attention, and then we're going to have to take a commercial break before we go on, is that it doesn't necessarily have to be an area of expertise necessarily. It can be um, an emotional term or, you know, like dynamic or likable or expert or... You know, it it doesn't. You don't always have to brand yourself in your in your job description. Right. It doesn't have to be a specific skill that we've learned in school that you choose as your brand. Remember, it's it's a feeling that someone has or that you want someone to have about you that makes the most difference. And I and I think you're very dynamic, Jonathan. Oh, thank you. I, I have to take my hat off to you because dynamic is what I think of when I think of you. We're going to have to take a commercial break with Jonathan Fitzgerald, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about brand impact and some of our favorite people like Tiger Woods, Sandra Bullock, and Whitney Houston. Stand by for more, and we'll be right back.
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Stop wasting time. Get what you want. Live your dream life. The Dream Big Revolution. Imagine having more freedom, better health, more money, happiness. Could your business be more successful? Unless you're living the life you want, you're wasting precious time. Your life is too valuable to waste. Let Leanne Hilgers help you find health, wealth, and happiness. Listen in and live your dream life. Join the Dream Big Revolution. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the 7th Wave Network. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're talking about branding and we're with Jonathan Fitzgerald and he's the director of marketing for Greenberg Glusker Law. And Jonathan, we're going to now talk about how much impact branding can have on a person or company and we're going to talk, we're going to go through them very quickly because you know that we're limited for time in each segment. Let's talk about some individuals. Tiger Woods. Yes. Uh, t- tell me, let's talk about the impact. <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, what Tiger has to lose in terms of branding. For, for those people that think that brand is nothing but marketing spin and PR spin, and it really has no impact whatsoever, Tiger makes about $10 million a year playing golf when he's playing. How much do you think he makes in terms of sponsorship deals outside of hitting the little white ball? Oh, an unbelievable amount of money. $70 million plus a year. So we're looking at someone who's making $80 million plus a year, and only $10 million of that is actually made 
given Tiger's expertise. The vast majority as, is as a result of Buick and Accenture and all these other corporate sponsors saying, we want to be tied to Tiger Woods and what he stands for. Now, this is obviously before the recent incident. And so look at what Tiger has to lose. Tiger has 70 million of the 80 million that he makes every year, approximately, to lose as a result of something going wrong with his brand. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that he probably faced some losses. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's no question about that. I'm going to go down the list. Sandra Bullock. Good old Sandra. We, we love Sandra. In fact, during the recent um, Academy Awards, she won an Oscar. We saw her up on stage in that beautiful gown. She, she looked absolutely radiant. And then the news hit about her husband and, and his infidelity. Cindy, when you look at Sandra, when you think of Sandra now, is her brand stronger as a result of her husband cheating on her, or has his actions affected negatively how you think about Sandra? What do you think? Unfortunately, I think that it affects how the public thinks neg- negatively about Sandra. It didn't, you know, you would think that there would be a lot of public sympathy. You think you would think that she would become a poster child for, you know, women who were abused and cheated on, but no, it she is not. We don't keep the picture in our heads of the gorgeous image that we saw of her at the Academy Awards. I think it depends largely upon how big of a fan you are of her too. I, I've obviously seen Sandra in, in many of her movies. I don't know that I would consider myself a huge fan of hers, although I think she's very, very talented. I almost had a different reaction than you. I obviously am familiar with the situation, and, and when the news hit, I almost felt more sympathetic for her. And before I made any kind of a judgment as a PR and marketing professional myself, I wanted to see how she was going to react to it. And that's how I was going to base whether this was going to hurt her brand or actually help her brand. Much of America could actually relate to what she's going through. And as a result, her brand would increase because people felt they had more feeling for her. She was more real to them. She was more realistic. People could really relate to what she was going through. If she was an absolute train wreck and came out on all of the nasty shows had nothing but terrible things to say, although they're valid, people might say, geez, I didn't expect that out of her. Even though she's in a crappy situation that she didn't necessarily cause, I don't really like how she handled it. And so as a result, I think her brand is going to be affected negatively. So it just depends on kind of, I think, how she handles the situation. Perfect example of this is Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart went to jail and Omni Media, which is her parent corporation, has been twice as successful since she's gotten out of jail, now that she has some street cred. <laughs> right, right. She um, than she was better, before right? she ever went in, because all of a sudden, America can now relate to Martha. She's human, as opposed to being this perfect little homemaker, which was kind of her brand prior to that. She's now human. She made a mistake, just like everyone else in America, albeit different, and now people can relate, and as a result the support is twice what it used to be. Well, no, that's interesting. And it's, you know, what is really relevant to me is how you handle it. And maybe if I were in Sandra's camp, going back to Sandra Bullock, 
Um, maybe I think that she was a little bit too quiet. You know, maybe that's part of it. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, for weeks, excuse me, we didn't hear almost anything from her for weeks. And I don't know if that's what I would have advised. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, with the, with the people that I've handled, I don't know if complete silence, particularly for the fan base, I don't know, I don't know if that's what I would have advised. I think that maybe my answer to your question about the fact that I think she was hurt by it came from the way that I think some of um, my colleagues, you know, from Ogilvy Worldwide, who handle celebrities all the time, I think that maybe she should have been out there a little sooner. I don't think that she should have done the nasty shows at all. I mean, that would have really hurt her. But maybe have tried to, maybe made the attempt to have been out there a little bit more regally to continue the same, to have the same platform that she had when she was at the Academy Awards. So perhaps that's where, you know, I had appeared to have had a unique opinion is in the way that I would have advised her. Sure. Have you, have you ever watched someone on TV or listened to someone on the radio for so long that once you have an opportunity to see them or meet them in person, you almost feel like they're a friend that you've known most of your life. I mean, you almost feel like there's a relationship there, even though they don't know you from Adam. No, no, I, I think that's very true. I, I think that happens with much of America and celebrities and politicians. We see so much of them that once we have the opportunity to see them in person or to meet them, it's almost like there's a relationship there. And so when something does go wrong in these high-profile people's lives, we, we feel for them because we feel like we know them on some level, even though mentally we realize that they're not our next-door neighbor, they're not our closest friend. We've almost grown up with them, and so there's an endearment that we have almost subliminally to these people. And so when something does go wrong in their life, just, we feel for them just as we would if it was a close friend or a relative of ours who we are normally used to seeing on a regular basis. And so to your point, I think I would have advised Sandra a little bit differently, too, by saying, listen, there are tons and tons of people out there who love you, who care for you, who feel for you. You don't necessarily have to disclose everything that's going on or that went on, but at least give them something to hold on to, to let them know that you're okay, you're dealing with the situation, and people as a result will feel even more engaged and, and uh, engendered to you. I think that we are now in complete agreement, Jonathan. I'm going to skip, yay. Yay. I'm going to skip Whitney Houston because of time, and I'm going to move on to companies and one that's very relevant right now, and that's BP. Let's talk about British Petroleum. How many people out there do you think know the actual facts as to what went on? how the spill occurred, how many thousands of gallons are getting pumped into the Gulf right now, who's responsible, what's the cleanup action going to be, how long is it going to take. In terms of facts, Cindy, most people, most of America have no idea what the specific facts are. All they know is how they feel when they see that picture of a seal with oil dripping from its body or the little bird that can't open its beak because it's closed by nasty crude oil. 
that's how people react. That's how people feel. It's not about the facts, whatever they may be. And, and in this case, they're, they're also equally terrible. But it's the feeling that people have towards the situation. And I think in terms of British Petroleum, the feeling that most of America has toward the company and what they're doing is not positive. No, I, I think that the facts would getting to the facts and having more experts that were put out there by, you know, both BP and perhaps, you know, the the government, you know, rather than having these questions that were unanswered, is just having more experts giving us factual information would have been something that would have benefited everybody and made the public feel a little bit better about it, don't you think? I don't know about the actual facts. I think what America wants to hear from this huge brand of of BP is, yes, we've made a mistake, and we're doing everything within our power to correct it. And I don't think that's necessarily the message that's being sent. And as a result, you're going to have people in all 50 states today and tomorrow protesting against this spill. Again, I think you're right. I, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's too many emotional images. And everybody right. that's you know, doing a press conference or reacting to these emotional images and bad situation always seem to be on the defensive rather than the offensive. That's right. And that and really you, doesn't make me feel very good. You can even look at, at BP's spokesperson who we see in all of these press conferences all the time. His actual physical demeanor is totally deflated. If you look at if you look at one of the first or, or second press conferences that BP did as soon as the news hit to something that happened this morning or yesterday, the man looks like he's aged about 15 years in a couple of weeks. I think that's very true. He needs to go have drinks with you, Jonathan, and learn a little <laughs> bit about being dynamic. Well, listen, we have to take a commercial break right now. We're going to come back. We're going to continue talking about BP a little bit, wrap it up. And then we'll talk about some fun brands like Starbucks and Nordstrom. So don't go away. More with Jonathan Fitzgerald in just a second. Stay turned on to Voice America. Stand by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Money. We love it, we hate it, and everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. 
Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our last segment in this fascinating show about branding with Jonathan Fitzgerald, who is the Director of Marketing for Greenberg Glusker Law. And we were talking about a lot of things in the last three segments, so if you are just turning on right now, please make sure that you download the entire podcast and listen to this entire show because there's some very interesting and useful information. Finishing up with some brands out there, um, we were talking about BP, and we were talking about the fact that um, they really did need, they would have really benefited by having a coach like you, Jonathan. Um, you know, the di- being dynamic, being inflated, being confident are all things that could have affected the way that the public could have, receive the messages about the oil spill, and I think that you and I agree on that. Um, but let's talk about Starbucks. Why, Cindy, the question I have about Starbucks is, why do people pay 3 4 5 $6 every single day for a Starbucks cup of coffee, latte, whatever it is that is your preference, when you can walk down the street to McDonald's and pay a buck fifty? Oh, my God. It's, it's all about... It's it's all about the image. It's all about, you know, feeling comfortable with, you know, the creme de la creme, no pun intended, of coffees. We are we we are so habitually addicted to going into Starbucks because of the quote end quote um in store experience. It's we all love to walk around with our Starbucks cups. It's almost as if we have a crown on our heads. We get royal treatment when we walk in the streets with a Starbucks cup instead of a generic styrofoam one. It's almost like you're driving a Bentley and all of your friends are watching as you're walking down the street with your Starbucks cup because of the way it makes you feel. Not all of us can afford a Bentley, but most of us can afford at least one cup of of coffee from Starbucks and it makes us feel special for the time that we have that cup in our hand, it's a really weird dynamic, but it's a feeling. It's, it's the specialness that we feel when we've experienced that. It certainly isn't the taste exclusively. Uh, McDonald's and, and even Yum Yum Donuts in, in blind taste tests 
for those scientists out there, those people that want proof, they always score much better than Starbucks in terms of taste. But in terms of how we feel when we experience the brand, it's hard to beat. No, it's, it's really, it's unbelievable. And also, if a person's bored, it's like I'm going to Starbucks, it gives you a valid experience. It's a relevant place to be. It's a fun place to be. Think about when you walk through the doors, the stores are, very, are designed to be very casual, very relaxing. There's usually a, a very comfortable sitting area. There's generally Wi-Fi that's accessible, so if you want to go and enjoy your cup and surf the net, you can do that. People go there to chat. People go there to read. It's just a really comfortable and inviting environment, and it's almost like a ton of bricks have been lifted off your shoulders as you walk through that door. And for those of us that are hustling all day, there's nothing better than a little taste of heaven. Uh, so we, we give them high grades, don't we? <laughs> At least for the experience that they're creating. <laughs> it doesn't matter that we're going to be paying $20 for a cup of coffee. It's still, we give them high grades for making people feel, feel good. like they have to have it. You got it. You know, and let's talk about Nordstrom. Nordstrom has done an absolute impeccable job of making people feel like they are number one when you step in the store. You walk through the doors of a Nordstrom, the stores are clean. The products that they have used to design the store and to feature all the products are of the best grade possible. The lighting is bright so that you can see. There's usually a grand piano playing somewhere. And and you walk into this world where all of a sudden you feel as though everything is about you and not about the store. People are friendly. People come up to you and want to know if they can help you in some way. That's not the case with every store out there. I don't know if you've been to a Home Depot or a Lowe's lately, (laughs) but you can't find someone if you were to scream fire. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. No, I, well, listen, I'm a big Nordstrom's fan, so um, it's the same as Starbucks. They know how to make people feel special when they come into the store. They know how to make people feel special when they make a purchase. People feel proud when they're walking around with their Nordstrom bags. And the key to that, Cindy, is that those feelings that they're able to communicate and help people have did not just come by default. They just didn't happen by happenstance. I guarantee you that Nordstrom and Starbucks and all of these other big brands that we feel so strongly for have spent hundreds of hours trying to determine a way to make us feel very strongly about the products that they sell. And I, as I a result right. of, so of really that managing said, that. With that said, what can people do on a regular basis to manage their brand so that it, it could be more like a Starbucks or Nordstrom experience rather than a BP experience? Absolutely. I, I think it's important for everyone to realize that everyone and every product has a brand. And you've got a choice. Either you can identify and promote the brand by which you want people to know you, or you can let people make up their own minds about who you are as a professional. As for me and my house, Cindy, I want to make sure that I manage the, the thoughts that people have about me to the, to the fullest extent possible. And so as we look at things that we can do every single day to try to manage our brand, I think one of the first places we can start is with social networking. Most of us have Facebook, LinkedIn, Plaxo, various forms of social media tied to us. 
And, and the first thing we can do is think about ourselves. If, if, if someone were to splash our Facebook page up on a big screen for the general audiences to view, whether we're at home, we're at work, we're at our, our, our country club, whatever the case may be, would we feel embarrassed by what people saw? If there's any question whatsoever that we would feel embarrassed or intimidated, there's content there that needs to come down. So I think that's, that's a really good place to start in terms of managing how you want people to feel about you. And it's so simple because you could control it and you know that it's, it's public to the world. That's exactly right. Uh, a couple other things that, are, that in my mind are very simple, but in practice for some reason we have a hard time with. How many times have you been sitting in a meeting or talking to someone at lunch and all of a sudden they're glued to their BlackBerry or their iPhone? They're checking email. They're responding to a text message. They're listening to a voice message that they got. And you're trying to have a conversation with them. I would tell them to go see Dr. Mark Goulston and get a prescription for Ritalin immediately. <laughs> my bro- whenever, the, whenever I'm out with my brother and that happens to us, he always looks at the person and says, I'm sorry, are we keeping you? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, they, that, that's rude branding. It's rude behavior in general, and people notice. You may not think it's a big deal to be checking your iPhone or BlackBerry with, when you're with one of your colleagues or when you're with a, a, a direct report of yours, but I guarantee that that little experience leaves an impression in that person's mind that they are not as important as whatever it is that you're doing. I think so, that's very true. Think well, about Jonathan, kind of... we're coming to the end of the show. I did mention to you that it goes very, very fast. Any last words? Any chances for redemption when you Absolutely. mess up? Absolutely. As humans, we want to forgive. So think of this as a brand bank account, your little piggy bank account. The more you put in, the more people can take out, and you still be okay. If you're constantly working on your brand and putting a ton of quarters in that bank, Every once in a while, you're going to slip up. Someone's going to take a quarter out as a result of something that you've done. But the overall balance of the bank is still positive. I love that. That's a wonderful way to... So just keep on putting money in that bank. Keep making I want to thank in your you, account. Jonathan, I want to thank you so much. Jonathan Fitzgerald, Director of Marketing from Greenberg Gloucester. Thank you so much. Be safe, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye.